snap joint off a back road A blinking wind sign with an arrow A gravel light chock full of toolbox trucks Making their happy hour way home Welcome back, Beards Watch Podcast, episode 258 Charles someone podcast recorded in the basement Duvall's birthday, Jeeves looks a little tired We've got a, another first timer on here so we'll let Jeeves, even though he was the first one here, we'll recover. Duval, your birthday, 32 now. My birthday coming up in a couple days. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. I, I still, you know, people always ask you, how do you feel now that you're 32? I still feel like I did at 31. Yeah. Uh, my body was breaking down well before I turned 32. So <laughs> uh, that's nothing new. But I'm doing pretty good, man. You know, in light of the pandemic, I kind of really just kept it real chill, man. You know, just relax. Kicked it with the family and, and, and whatnot. But uh, glad to be here. Thank you for allowing me to join. And uh, if you're looking for me, it's Rod versus Duvall on Twitter, just Duvall on Instagram. Now, I've, I just came to mind because we started talking. I know we talked about your birthday last week, but it dawned on me because you tweeted it a couple, a month or so ago. Your mother's Christmas tree is up. You put it oh, up. Sh- so yes. what, She was this the earliest she's ever put it up? It actually, actually is. So, yes. so last year was the earliest because yep. she put it up. I mean, I was putting it up on my birthday last yeah. year because it was on a Saturday. Yeah. Um, but like two weeks before, I think it was two or three weeks ago, um, it was like the first week in August. Um, she was like, hey, can you come by and take my Christmas stuff from down? From up? I was like, okay. My dad is like, I refuse to do it unless it's <laughs> October or November. And I can't say no to my mom. So I'm like, all right. Okay, yeah, all right, mom. Okay. So I come and I take it out. She's like, well, I mean, you pulled it out this far. You might as well just go ahead and take it and put it in the living room and, and put it up. And then there my ass is putting up the Christmas tree. Yeah, man. So it, it's, it's. I know. I feel like we've, ta- we've talked about it in years past because it always, like you said, it seems to get earlier and earlier. But where well, did this start? Where did it start where she started putting it up in all, early August? Or, and now, and you, and you put up the Christmas like decor. It's not like. I don't know. There's not really Labor Day decor or like Halloween yeah. decor. She doesn't do a Halloween tree and then like a Thanksgiving tree and a Christmas tree. It's nope. already Christmas stuff, right? Yeah. So what she does is is like so. The sad crazy part is so she has a Christmas tree up in the living room, but she's got pumpkins across the house. So it's just like, <laughs> what, what are you doing? Um, but yeah, that's what she does. I think she she really started it over the past years. It's gotten earlier and earlier. So like this past year, like we said, like was early August. Last year was late August. Before then, it was like mid September. So, like over time, it's always gotten like earlier and earlier. And I believe, like when I was in college and stuff, like fall break was typically when I was putting it up because I think that was right around like homecoming, around that area, like October. So it's always been early. It's been early probably for the past like 10, 15 years. She's just in the spirit and she could keep her tree up all year. She would. Um, so, yeah, she'll probably start decorating it. I have no doubt within the next couple of weeks. So it'll be fully decorated. Okay, so right now, right now it's just basically a Christmas, a plain Christmas tree sitting where it needs to sit. Yeah, it's sitting. She's fluffed it up how she wants to. And it's, the lights already come on it. So it's okay. like she didn't have to add any lights. But she's got ribbon, uh, all that other type of shit she wants to put on there. <laughs> uh, she, gets, she gets new things to put on there. Oh, I want to put this on there. I want to put that on there. I got new Santas. By the way, she's got Santas for you, so okay. just be prepared for those. Because she's just like, I got to get some new ones. So I'll, Jake need, Jacob need it. I was just like, sure, Mom. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, so just know you have some on the way. Okay, sounds good. I just it dawned on me. I forgot because you had tweeted it that she'd already. And she's one of the only ones I know that puts it up so early. But all right, that's good to yeah. know. Jeeves, yeah. got the peppers, got the Dwayne Jarrett behind you. I guess in honor of of roster cutdowns, the Dwayne Jarrett right. there. How you doing? Jarrett's got to be a pro M special. Oh, it was. It was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was. One of those pro M specials too. But okay. okay. Yep. Yep. But uh, we doing good. Like Jake said, a little tired, but we're gonna push through it. Um, <laughs> it's just working every day. But if you're looking for me, I'm on Twitter and Instagram, Jeeves1988. All right, for me, it's J Roll Nation on Twitter and Instagram, the Beards Watch Podcast on Facebook. And then you can find all our episodes from the podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher. And then, of course, YouTube. We've got two weeks, and we'll be doing our watch parties again. I don't know, Duvall, you don't check your Snapchat, do you? I don't even have it on my phone. Okay. Man, so I, I wouldn't know. So we got I got a new I got a new rig set up. We got a light. Uh oh. We got it. We're going a, l- a little bit upper. Jeeves, you saw the snap I got for my birthday. I saw the snap. We yeah. got a new a taller uh, a tripod with a light on it, so we can be good to go, ready to rock. It's gonna be looking. Oh y'all fancy now? Yeah, we're getting okay. fancy over oh, here for oh, the for okay. the watch party. So you know, as always, mics will be hot when you come over on Sundays. Watch what you say. <laughs> but we got that going. So subscribe to our YouTube. They see me rolling. For our beerio carts, our watch parties, our taste test videos, brewery reviews, all that good stuff. And yeah, just have, we always like to have some fun. Who knows? We talked with Melody last week about doing a pure barre class or something. So whoever knows, we could be coming in the future. But I digress. Let's get to our guest tonight. Our guest is a guy I've known from the UNCG days. He was in a fraternity opposite of me, but we still always saw each other in a president's council or at a, a party somewhere on campus or everywhere. So when we were getting back into the groovy in a podcast, I figured, why not? We're still doing these Zooms, so let's have some. Let's have him join. Sal, man, how you doing? Good, good. How you doing, sir? Oh, you know, just another day here. So I guess just tell everyone who's listening, you know, a little bit about yourself and all that good jazz. So, um... I'm pumped to be here. I'm pumped to play catch up with you. Like, uh, you know, always been always been friends, always been cordial. Now, yeah. you know, kind of in the same point of life. So now we get to, you know, shoot the shit and talk about that aspect yeah. versus college. So I'm pretty pumped about that. Um, I'm a real estate agent in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, this market, I'm just bored out of my mind all the time. Do you <laughs> have any idea? So uh, we're just uh, – just, constantly constantly busy um i have a uh almost three-year-old toddler uh been married for five years now uh living just outside of raleigh um just kind of enjoying um this area pumped about football season starting around you know we got uh, nc state football which will be starting on thursday and uh panthers are what a week and a half away yeah so i'm pretty pumped about that as well um but yeah big big sports guy it really big into uh, real estate and local community and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped to be here. Nice. To- well, yeah, it was, it's always good to have As you well. Before we get to the big news today, which was Cam Newton getting cut by the Patriots, I wanted to jump. Now, back when we were going to homecomings and all that good stuff, you were like a liquor sales rep for a little bit. Then you were in the milk sales business, and now you're in selling – trying to sell people houses. So kind of go through that order of events or spider web of different jobs there from when you graduated to where you are now. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I started out, 
you know, bar backing and then bartending in college. And uh, I met a guy who was a liquor rep, thought that I'd do really well, kind of fit with, you know, what the major was. I think we all know at this point after, you know, graduating, no one really cares what your major is, right? My <laughs> wife, yeah. my wife is a, a dance and an English major, and um, she is now a professional wedding and event planner. So, yeah. like, you know, it just doesn't really yeah. matter at the end of the day, I think. But uh, <laughs> we uh, started out uh, as a liquor rep, uh, worked for like Jack, Goose, Bacardi, and Greensboro. Uh, did fairly well where they moved me to a larger market, which was Raleigh. Um, was in Raleigh for, I guess, about three or four years and then moved back to Greensboro and then like took another promotion, moved back to Greensboro. And then in the time that all that happened, um, I became the state manager for Maker's Mark. So I was really, really busy. I was traveling the state. I had recently gotten married. Um, my wife and I had started talking about having kids. So like we had looked at other options to get out of the liquor industry or yeah. if I was going to stay in the liquor industry, what could I do so that I wasn't out until 2 a.m. three, four nights out of the week, right? Because, I mean, <laughs> you're, you're constantly – even if I didn't drink, I'm still constantly tired. Yeah. So, like, it was it was like taking a toll on us. And then this milk company kind of came to me and they were like, we want you to come work for us. Um, <laughs> full discretion, I was like, okay, you know, whatever, not really thinking anything about it. They're like, what do you want to do? Or, or I was like, well, what – they asked, what will it take? And uh, I was like, well, double my salary. They're like, yeah. okay. And <laughs> I, I did, like, didn't, they didn't bat an eye, like, to the point that I was like, went back to my wife. I was like, hey, I don't know if they called out on, called me out on my bluff, but like, <laughs> here's where we're at. Yeah. And, uh, um, like, I pretty much accepted the position uh, about a week later. I told yeah. them I needed a couple days to think. I accepted the position. Um, did really well. Uh, it started out as like the eastern coast of North Carolina sales rep, and it kind of grew as a lot of these older. The, the the milk industry is a lot of older men in the industry, so they'd all like start retiring, and instead of me just having my territory, it just kept growing and growing and growing, and um, it just got to the point that um, I was I wasn't happy. Uh, I, I didn't know what my responsibilities were anymore because I felt like I was getting tugged 15 different directions. And um, I actually was fired at, uh, in September um, of uh, this past September in COVID. And, it, you know, a lot of it had to do with not necessarily performance because I was a top sales rep on the team. But like, you know, you if I'm if I'm being 100 percent honest, like I was doing very well, but. I kept asking what I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. And when my manager just kind of got frustrated, I was like, you're telling me that I've got to take these spots in Virginia or these spots in Greensboro, but you want me to focus on Wilmington. Like I need some direction. And instead of giving me a direction, they just kind of cut me loose. Damn. And, uh, it was, uh, it was an eye opening experience. Um, I did not think that the number one sales rep for, the entire team was going to get just axed like that. Um, but it was the, it was the kick in the ass that I needed to push me. I had gotten my real estate license about six months prior. And now as Caitlin told me, you know, I, I, it just gave me the push that I needed for it. And, um, in the meantime, I was able to open up a new restaurant with some friends, uh, 
you know, have you guys ever heard of Lone Rider Brewery? Yeah, yeah. Now, okay. now, are there two spots up there in Raleigh? There's actually three. There's, there's three. There's going to be six by the end of next year. So we. Way, but. So last year in June, uh, my brother-in-law and his wife had their kid, and we went up there to visit them. It was co- It was like right as like COVID, the restrictions were kind of loosening up, you know. And we went right. to the Lone Rider. That's they had put a tent up outside, but the inside was like super small. It felt like a trailer. Kind of the yeah. inside. We had went there and we did a review, but it was like we got stuck in like it poured rain, so we were just like stuck underneath the tent. Like, all right, I guess we're gonna drink some more beers here. We're not gonna drive in this weather because it was terrible. But that's the yeah. only one we've been to up that way. So that's that's like the brewery. That's the OGs okay. we call it, right? Okay. So that's that's where it's brewed and everything. That's the original. Like that without that tent and everything, that yeah. little trailer was essentially the first bar that they had. Okay, and and. It, I mean, it, it's so small, but it's obviously the most popular. Yeah. And then we opened up the first restaurant okay. uh, right in downtown Raleigh. So um, from a cash flow perspective, it was what I needed to kind of get it, you know, help my family financially. I mean, when you're going from making a full-time salary yeah. to not making anything and real estate, <laughs> it started taking off, but yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't where I was making. So um, my wife had, already taken a full-time job so she knew and she basically said you know just super supportive like hey this is this is my turn you know you focus on opening up this bar and restaurant focus on real estate and then uh, about two weeks ago i stepped away from the restaurant because real estate has really started taking off and uh been been focusing more on family and real estate than anything recently so duvall i know you got something brewing over there (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess. Always got <laughs> yeah, that, that's the main thing. So, like, I mean, when you talk about real estate, and I mean, I guess this has been not necessarily a, a it's been more of a, what is it, a seller's market more so than anything, just because yeah. of the simple fact that, like, I mean, you can get people are buying houses for, or are offering for houses $10,000, $15,000 over the asking. So, because of that and, and whatnot, where do you see things going over the course of the next? you know, six months to a year, you know, do you think things are going to kind of, when do you see, I guess, things are going to kind of take a turn opposite of it kind of being on the up and up for the past year, year and a half, as far as real estate is concerned. So all of you guys are in Raleigh, or I'm sorry, all of you guys are in Charlotte, correct? Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm going to speak to Raleigh only because I've been doing my own research about Raleigh, right? So I can't, I don't want to speak about Charlotte because I don't know like what the different companies are that are coming in, but like we've got Nike, Apple, Google, Amazon just came in. Places are going down into Johnson County, which are just south of Raleigh. I don't see the Raleigh market turning around for a while. I see like interest rates going up and people slowing down on their purchasing, but I don't see it like I don't see that flip that you know mm-hmm. a lot of people are assuming is going to happen, and um, it's. like you said, it's a, it's a seller's market. So like from a seller standpoint, it's fantastic, right? You know, I put a listing on the market, uh, it's on the market for less than a week, you know, boom, 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 we're good to go. If you've got one that's above that, like 600 range, it might sit on the market for about a month at the most, but something's going to end up happening. Somebody's going to come in, uh, where that's going to, you know, going to purchase it. Now from the buyer standpoint, it's tough because, you know, like you were just saying, you offer 10, 15, $20,000 over asking, there's still no guarantee that you're going to get it. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's, it's so tough, you know, um, 
building these relationships with some of my other real estate agents because they're they're over what they say I heard just an unreal stat the other day. I think they said it was like over like 30,000 agents just in the Raleigh, Chapel Hill, Durham market, right? Mm-hmm. And I've been dealing, you know, I, I successfully closed on over 20 transactions in my first year and a half. And I'm like trying to build and trying to learn and talking to a bunch of people. But like you, at no point am I going to talk to everybody about yeah. it. So like yeah. where when you, my previous sales was I'm going to build up rapport and I'm going to make sure that you trust me so that you know that you can buy from me. That That's not how this works. This is more of a, you have to, like, I hate to say it, you have to offer the highest and best. Or you do have to know the other agent and they have to trust you and you have to, you know, finagle somehow that they trust that you're going to make sure that this whole transaction goes smooth. It's a, it's a new ball game for me. Uh, from sales aspect, but it's it's a lot of fun, and you know I take pride in working with a lot of my clients because like they trust that I'm not going to sit there and put them in a bad situation. So uh, just for instance, I'm working with a client right now, and she wanted to offer like forty thousand dollars over asking on a on a home, and I I sat there and I basically I gave her like almost like a PowerPoint of why she shouldn't do it. But at the end of the day, it's up to her. And I told her, you know, I'm looking out for you. I'm looking out for your wallet. I'm looking out for making sure that you don't go into this house with negative equity. You know, if you have negative negative equity for the next like two years in Raleigh, that's not a big deal because at, in the end, it's going to turn or not turn around, but it's going to continue to grow. Um, but I don't want you to sit there and offer thirty thousand dollars on a house over a asking on a house and it not appraised for that. And the next thing you know, it takes five years for you to get that, you know, so. or, or even be house broke. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like Dude. You move, you know, you move in cause you're at the very tip top or exceeded your budget. And then all of a sudden the water heater, go, or you have to just fix something, but you can't afford to just fix, paint the house or paint the inside of it because you don't, you've spent everything to go on it. So yeah, that is a good thing to, to help somebody with, but it is a tough, you know, seeing around here in, in Charlotte, what we've seen is just seemed like, I know our house has gone up. We bought it probably four or five years ago, and it's a hundred thousand dollars more than what when we bought it. And I'm glad we bought when we did because where we're at, it's just you know with 485, everything sprouts around interstates because that's where shopping is. That's where you quickly get off or whatever. And it's yep. just crazy to see some of the stuff when you look in. You know, to your point, Sal. You know, it's a seller's market. But then I, we, my wife and I always joke like. Yeah, we could sell, but where are we gonna go? Like, I don't want to move. I don't want to move out to Denver, North Carolina, and live in the country right now. I'm not retiring anywhere. Like, you know, I like to like I'm right down the road from G's, right down the road from Duval, and, and close enough to Charlotte to like the uptown Charlotte friends where I don't want to be 45 minutes living out in the middle of the boonies right now. I still like some of the action of you know some of the suburbs. We're close enough to the city, but far enough away where you got a little country land to do some stuff, but. Yeah, it's it's a wild spot to be in if you've got the money to play with and move around. So yeah, we're in the same boat right now. Oh, go ahead, yeah. sir. I, I was just gonna say, kind of to add to that, Jacob, it's just like like same with me. You know, I'm down the street from you. I'm right here off of 45. You know, right here by the mall. So it's kind of like it, it. I've seen how much my house, my townhome, has grown, and I'm just like, holy shit! And I yeah. see people putting for sale signs out quick and I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to just continue to sit here. You know, um, I, I, I just can't, I can't do that. And, and I can agree when you were just like, uh, 
yeah, you can sell it, but where are you going to go? Because my parents were in that position. They were just like, wow, this is really good. I'd love to kind of downsize. Yeah. But shit, downsizing, you're going to be paying if yep. not the same or yep. more than what you were paying now. Yeah. So it's like, why would I even go anywhere? Yeah, that was, that's really funny you bring that up. Same with my parents. You know, they're in a house. It's just them two. But it's still, you know, five-bedroom house with a third floor. Like, too much space for... To almost you know a sixty year old and a fifty eight year old like they don't need they don't need to mow yeah. the grass or whatever but if they go to one of these retirement communities where they mow the grass for you it's all one story homes I mean you're talking almost five hundred thousand to seven hundred fifty thousand dollars and it's like wait a second like I know I'm getting a smaller house and they're covering a lot of stuff but I'm gonna be paying more in my mortgage than I was for a house that I've already paid half my mortgage off on and it's it's hard to it is hard to compute and grasp that because they would get a good chunk but they're also like Man, I don't know if we want to, like you said, Duval, they're stuck in a nice payment where it hasn't gone up, mm-hmm. and, it, and it's in a spot where you know you don't really want it to to pay way more than where you're at now. So, right. My in-laws actually just sold their house, or we we just listed their house, and for that exact same reason, uh, Jacob, the way that you were describing your parents was exactly like my in-laws. Yeah, three-story house, uh, almost four thousand square feet. You know, they had three daughters and a bunch of dogs and stuff like that. Now it's just them and like two dogs. Yeah. So they were like, you know what? They paid. What did they pay? Un- unreal. They built the house and paid like two seventy inside yeah. the Beltline in Raleigh, and we're about to sell their house for like six hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. And they're like, we'll rent. But they were like, we'll rent for the next year, and then we'll buy a lot, and then we'll build. Wow. Like they had a plan. Like they knew what they were gonna do and stuff. I- I'm a hundred percent with you because we we want to. At what point we wanted to, like, leave this house, but we want to stay in this neighborhood. Yeah. And the only way that we can really stay in this neighborhood would be just waiting for something down the street that's bigger or newer to open up. And when we refinanced our house, we realized that our, you know, our house was worth $100,000 more than what we paid for it. And at that point, my wife was like, we could always just build that three-car garage on the yeah. back. Yeah. That, that would pretty much suffice everything that we needed. And yeah. I was like, all right, yeah. we turn this into a forever home. Yeah. Can, that's fine with me. I don't want to move. Because so. yeah. I think if you had to rank some of the worst things to do once you get a certain age, moving has moving to be at the very be top. The way. Because like when you're yeah. like when you move in like your freshman year and then in college moving, you don't have a lot of shit. You haven't accumulated a lot of stuff yet. So it's like, okay, I can do this once a year. But then by the end of college, you've accumulated some stuff, but you're still not too bad. But then you get to your first place and then you start getting a little money in your pocket, so you buy shit and you buy shit. Then your parents mm-hmm. drop off all the shit that you had at their house <laughs> at your front steps. So like, here's all your shit. Hey, Jacob, the biggest thing is when you get married. Yeah. <laughs> all of that stuff yeah. accumulates times yep. four of yep. what you originally had. Yep. I, I didn't even know I'd had half of this stuff in here. <laughs> I was like, we got to frame it. We got to put it up. We yeah. don't want to move this stuff. Exactly. Yeah. That's, and that's like, <laughs> I just think about like, man, having to pack up all this. And then even the fact, like, say you had enough money where you could pay people to do it. But then you always hear the stories about like, your most prized possession or whatever getting stolen or broken or dropped or missed. And you're just like, man, I don't know. I just don't want to go through it. And then you can't, it's, you've asked your friends and now like, you know, back when you were like 19, 20, 21, oh yeah, pizza and beer, that should, that should cover it. Not now. No, no, no. I, I will go buy a case. I'll buy 10 cases of beer and pizza before I help you move at all because I'm not doing it. I'm, I'm not pulling my back out. Picking up your washer and dryer because it's not it's not worth it. 
that's an over 30 thing, right? So, like, we all understand that, like, 29, we could get away with it. Now, 30, we're like, guys, sorry. Hell, I'll even start a GoFundMe just so I don't have to yeah. be a part of this. Yes. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just send you $75, and you can do with, with that what you want. Buy yourself a dolly or whatever it may be, you know, and move. I'll let you, like, it, it, it's a... Even a struggle now, like my brother and sister are still kind of moving around in different apartments and stuff, and I have the truck, so it's always the call, like, hey, can you help with the chest or drawers? And I'll get it. Like, every now and then, they'll watch the kids, so, okay, it's family, you got us, but I'm not going to be over there three days a week. You got me maybe for three hours, and I'll help you because you're family, and I'll go help you because you're family. Other than that, and you better show up at Thanksgiving with some good food, you better show up on my birthday with some good presents if you want the help with this truck, so... And no drums for the kids. That's all we ask. Like, <laughs> yeah. the decent toys for the kids yes, that don't yes. make a ton of noise. That's right. That's right. Absolutely right. <laughs> so do you see yourself doing the realty gig for the foreseeable future? I do. Okay. I do. I really enjoy it. Um, the, the like, highlight is, like, I make my own hours. Yeah. But, like, realistically, I don't make my own hours. <laughs> you know? Like, um at a drop of a hat, I might have to go and do a showing, you know. I, I had that happen today. Uh, so my son has been out of daycare for the last week and a half, and I have had him pretty much with me the entire time. Most of my clients have been really cool about it. Let me tell you about it. All my clients have been really cool about it. Uh, but, like, we had a showing today, and the nanny babysitter didn't get here until, I think, 1. So I was like, all right, 10 a.m., Sorry, bud. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> we got to yeah. go show a house, yep. and um, we we go to the showing and everything. And I'm, you know, nine times out of ten, I'm, you know, I've taken a shower, I've done my hair, you know, I'm wearing some kind of golf shirt, something wrong. I show up in gym shorts and a t-shirt, and I'm like, you you got me. Like this is where I'm at today. Just understand that I'm dad first, and real estate agent second, but I'm here and I promise I will take care of you. And, you know, I wrote a contract during his nap and, you know, we, it just, I, I really do enjoy it. I really do enjoy the aspect of working with clients and I've always been on the customer service aspect and now it gives it an opportunity for me to really show that really show like how much I care and I'm learning and guiding with each transaction, you know, we're going to make mistakes and I'm going to learn from those mistakes. But, um, biggest thing from the, from the beginning has been making sure that I take care of clients. Um, I specifically had such a great agent that she has kind of mentored me. I joined the same group and everything along those lines, but I've heard absolute nightmares of stories from people dealing with agents who just don't care. And, um, that's that's not me. So I wanted to make sure that you know if I'm going to do this, I'm going to give it 100 percent and make sure that I'm taking care of my clients and making sure that I'm doing the research and everything along those lines to uh, to properly succeed in the right way. So, so I'll go ahead. I'll, I'll, I was just going to say just from a because I know you said there's like I don't even remember the number you said about how many um, agents too many in just too many too many in the Raleigh-Durham <laughs> area. With that being said. Um, how is that as far as a competitive standpoint? Because is that like an oversaturation of the market? Because I feel like I, I remember like during the pandemic, I saw like three or four or five people 
started becoming real estate agents. And I'm just <laughs> that like, seemed like the hot I'm thing to like, do. Yeah. 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 Like, that's just the thing. So like, I guess so my question is, is just how has that been? Um, and then I know you said you talked about like speaking to other agents. Are the, are they receptive to kind of giving you feedback? I know you've got a mentor, but are they able to talk to you? Or are they kind of like, listen, I'm keeping my shit close to the chest and you keep <laughs> your people. And I got, I got my, my clients. And you got yours. How is that? Yeah. So, uh, I, I'm a part, uh, I, I work for Keller Williams, and uh, okay. my office is uh, one of the largest offices in North Carolina. It's actually right behind the Ballantyne Keller Williams in Charlotte. Okay. Um, we've got, you know, I, I want to say there's like 500 agents that are in this office, but like 250 that are like doing more than one transaction, you know, every month, you know? Okay. And um, everyone there is so receptive and willing to give you feedback and everything along those lines that I sit in on, I sit in on a morning call at eight 30 with four of the top agents, uh, in our office. All of them are banking at least a million dollars, probably more a year. They all have teams and they are listening to all these newer agents and their questions and giving us feedback. And, uh, you know, I go to these classes at the office that help us learn more on the digital side and the paperwork and everything along those lines. So it's very much taught me that while there are agents who are kind of like what you were just saying, you know, you got your clients, I got my clients. Now, if I were to go into a transaction with one of these agents, that's kind of how it works. You know, you represent, you know, I would represent you and Jacob would represent Jeeves. So Jacob and I wouldn't necessarily talk about this. Now, after the fact, we'd probably talk about it, you know, and if Jacob hadn't been doing this for 20 years, and I'm just giving it for instance, I worked, you know, I had somebody basically give me advice at the end of our transaction. He goes, you did a great job, but you could, I could tell that you had only been doing this for a year and a half. And here's what I recommend you doing. And just because he was a part of my office was the reason that he did that. Um, now, the oversaturation, 100%. Um, if you've seen the meme, I fit the entire damn thing. I was a liquor rep. I was a bartender. I, you know, decided that I was going to go into real estate, right? So, like, uh, I, I, I took the meme and ran with it. I'm just hoping to become – I'm hoping to become successful and I'm going to work very hard to get there. But uh, it, it is very oversaturated. I've had a lot of friends reach out to me asking about um, – the class and the test and everything along those lines. And, um, you know, after they get their, their license, I'm more than happy to help them, you know, look at other, you know, groups and everything along those lines. I try my best to help everybody, you know, I help in order in North Carolina, you got to pass the, a class and uh, like a class exam. And then you have to pass the state and national exam. So for me, I passed the class exam first time. I actually, uh, right after I got done with that, I called my wife and I was like, I feel really good about the exam. I'm going to have a beer. She's like, nope, I've been in labor for six hours. I didn't want to call you because you were taking your exam. And I was like, oh, oh. Damn. <laughs> my, my son was born the very next day. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. So uh, then it took me a couple weeks to take the national estate exam, but it took me four times to pass, you know, one portion of the exam. 
And it's, you know, I, I, I took other classes in between. So I actually help people who are going through. I've got a bunch of booklets that sit right next to my desk all the time. And I'm like, hey, you know, I'll make copies of these. You know, it's got my writing, but, you know, help me. Hopefully it'll help you out. And, you know, people remember that, you know, it's it, it, everybody. I've always said it's people helping people. And this yeah. is just another aspect of it. So what made you kind of pick real estate after you went through those things? Like, was it just... Like Duval, like I, I think we've all seen it where it's been people like I'm just gonna take, I'm just gonna get my real estate license or whatever. Some go through yeah. it. You seem like you obviously it took getting fired for you to kind of like okay, I need to take this a little more serious. Like I gotta put some some food on the table per se. But what was that like? What was it first intrigued you about wanting to do that? I, I have a lot of friends. Uh, Mike Carter. Uh, okay. Not sure if you remember one of my very good friends from uh, college. Uh, got his real estate license. Oh, man, it's got to be like 15 years ago at this yeah. point. You know, and he gradually grew into, you know, gradually he is now one of the top agents in Greensboro and everything. And, you know, I see how he is not only a great real estate agent but a great family man and how we figure out how to balance. And I think seeing that aspect of it was just an eye-opener for me. Yeah. And I, I told Caitlin that I wanted to leave the milk industry before – before they kicked me out, essentially. <laughs> uh, but uh, she actually signed me up for the class. Okay. She was like, if you want to do this, you got to do it now. You know, she's pregnant. We're expecting our first one. She's like, I can, you know, you take three night classes a week. You knock this out, you know. And I think that's why I worked so hard during the class was I knew that it was my one and only shot to, pat, to get to the point where I could take the national and state exam. Because if you don't pass the class exam, you got to take the class all over again. Mm. And I took this class for five months, night Shoot. classes. And, you know, it, my teacher, who was also the head of my office now, told me, she's like, you literally had everything to lose. So you, that's the reason that you work so hard and you were in class. And like, we have people in class like drinking beers and stuff like that. And I'm like, it, it kind of caught me by surprise. I mean, everyone studies differently, right? Yeah. So, like, uh, for me, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, there were times that I'd come home and study and I'd have a couple beers. But, like, sitting there in the middle of the class, I saw a guy, like, crack a Stella right in the middle of the first class. And I was like, what? <laughs> is this how this is going to go? Like, <laughs> he didn't pass the class, by the way. Yeah. I just want to <laughs> throw that. He didn't pass it. So, <laughs> so, yeah. So, have you found that? balance of family life and work life yet i want to say i no i haven't um <laughs> and and i think a lot of it has to do with me quitting the bar only two weeks ago just okay. to have briggs for the last two weeks because yeah. he's been out of daycare yep. and we kept him out of daycare the last week before his break because he got rsv okay. so like he couldn't be around other kids and stuff. So it's like, okay, we got to keep them here. And while I wasn't finding that balance, it served my purpose to quit the bar at the time that I did, because there was no way that Caitlin could have dealt with everything in the middle of this. So like, while I wasn't able to spend half of my time working and half of my time with my son, I was able to fulfill my job as dad in that, in that time frame, and kind of, a, it, it wasn't the balance that I wanted to, but that's the that's the next reason why 
that was the main reason that I wanted to move to real estate was I wanted this opportunity that if something were to happen to him, I can focus on him. And if something were to happen to Caitlin, I'd be able to focus on her, whatever I need to do. So, uh, I haven't found that full balance, but, um, he goes back to daycare, um, a week from today, you know, not that anybody's counting by any means, (laughs) but, uh, but, uh, I, I think next week, um, I've already talked to Caitlin about it. next week kind of starts a new um, rhythm for our family so that uh, she understands that, you know, I, I focus on getting him ready in the morning. I do this. We have a, a babysitter that picks him up from daycare so I can get my, you know, eight hours a day in at real estate instead of my three here, seven tomorrow, 10 the next day three, none the next day. So it's like getting that consistency is what, uh, what I'm striving for. Yeah, man, the RSV, that's a, it came up, it came back quick. It's one of those things that everyone's been cooped up for a while. Our, our, uh, what was he? God, I think he was only barely a month old. He got it and we had to go spend one night in the hospital and making sure he was all good. So that's a scary thing for kids and for Duvall and Jeeves, basically it's just kids don't have the immunity yet. So when we catch a common cold, it is RSV, but we can our body can fight it because we've got it's all the immunity. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, but they don't have yeah. all the shots and they don't have all the immunities built up to yeah. help, and their body's not strong enough to help you know breathe and stuff. So really, yeah. they breathe so much, and then eventually their lungs are just like, all right, we can't do it anymore. They just stop breathing. So it's kind of what that is. So it is a scary little thing, but luckily ours. I was gonna say it's it's terrifying from from an infant standpoint i'm glad to hear that tate's good like you know from a toddler standpoint it's just basically like a a cold or ear infection stuff like that so it's a lot of coughing um he doesn't have as much energy not as hungry and stuff like that but like when they're young enough that like you just said you had to spend the night in the hospital like that's terrifying yeah like i i don't know Hmm. I'm glad that he's okay, though. Yeah, it's, it's a wild thing, especially. And we kind of had an experience with it because Luke had gotten it when he was, like, about a year old, and they'd given him that uh, nebulizer where it basically it's, you know, when yep. you put it on there, you, you give him the Whoa. medicine, and it helps him open up the airways and stuff. And so we kind of knew, so we were kind of doing that a little bit. Now it seems like when we talked to the doctors, they were like, that still can be effective, but sometimes it can't be. But we were giving it to tape before because at the time when he kind of first got it it was literally like midnight and we were like well there's no really like child er's that are open there's nothing nowhere ready to go so we waited till the morning got into his pediatrician and they sent us over and that was you talk about a scary part was uh the the doctor was like hey you know you can you can drive over there but then she was like no we're gonna order an ambulance because she said she has before told parents hey go go directly to the hospital don't pass go don't collect two hundred dollars well, parents have been like, oh, they went home and got a go bag and stuff. Well, then the kids died. And so then they get the doctor gets sued because they say, oh, no, you told me I didn't have to directly go there. And the, she's like, no, I told you to go. And, you know, so she's like, I just rather I was like, and either way, Jerry was going. But it is wild to hear those stories where it can just happen on kids out of nowhere. They just stop breathing, especially that young because their bodies aren't big enough, you know, to help breathe and stuff. So. And when they're that young, it gets so terrifying that, um, well, I had a, a coworker at the bar and her sister, uh, her sister's son or daughter got it and they live in Burlington and there are certain hospitals that can handle this yeah. and certain hospitals that can't. So like they went to their like local hospital in Burlington and then all of a sudden they were like, sorry, we can't take them or take her 
you got to go to Greensboro. Shoot. And like you're sitting there with a baby yeah. who is two, three months old mm. that can't, that can't like can't breathe. You know, you're just sitting there, just terrified. Yeah. And then they've got to drive another forty five minutes to Greensboro Hospital. Like I, I like as parents, it's one of the most terrifying things to feel helpless like that. Yeah. And seriously just not be able to do anything yeah. and and then have to drive an additional 45 minutes after you thought that you had already reached the, the end point where somebody could help yeah. your child. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a wild part is when we went, the one in Charlotte, they were already full. They had no beds for the kids. The one in Kannapolis did the Jeff Gordon foundation is a super nice. I mean, Jeff Gordon put his name on the, on the hospital and he definitely souped up the money there, but he was, there was like one of like 10 that were in there and as young as like Jerry said, the nurse said there was one that was young as like two days old. I can't imagine having like a two day old baby already have it. So you know, and it's just wild how that stuff ramped back up and everybody was going out. But yeah, so let's get to happier stuff. So what would you say you are father? Kids almost three. When's his birthday? October third. October third. So yeah, you got a month of some change out. What would what would be your like highest and then lowest point of being a dad? Ooh. And low, we um, can't we can't say when like we just talked about how they helped us when they were sick. So well, well Nick's obviously ooh. that's low, but another something other than that. So like you know when I lost my job, I felt like I let the entire family down, right? Mm-hmm. And in that case, like I felt like I was letting Briggs down, and um, that that's tough yeah. by itself. You know, I didn't see the you know me getting fired. Uh, I. It, it really caught me off guard. So, like, you, you spend a week, you know, you spend a day, like, figuring out what you got to do and figuring <laughs> out your finances and stuff like that. But then you spend a week, like, trying to figure out, okay, like, what's the next step? What do we got to do? And, well, he'll never see that from, like, he'll never remember that. I feel like that was one of my, I, I fucked up moments, yeah. right? Because I, I should have been doing something differently or you know maybe i should have been i I say asking less questions to my manager but like (laughs) realistically i was i was just trying to help myself out and and the whole thing um so that that was tough um i think you know his first word was dad so that's always like one of those you know tear jerkers you know he's only six months old you know stuff and he says dad like that always catches me off guard i don't know if i have one particular moment um you know every day when he sits there and he says please or thank you or he gives me a big hug before he goes to bed like those are like the moments that like i'm gonna accumulate and remember those as like my top moments because like he's only gonna be this big for for today yeah he's going to be bigger tomorrow yeah and and jacob as you know toddlers they just um full of emotion so like you what i get today might not necessarily be what i got what i get tomorrow so you know i said today was a good day but i wasn't parent of the year because you know he went to showings with me and stuff (laughs) like that so he just spent a lot of screen time and i feel bad doing that but Sometimes that's what you got to do. Yeah. And then like tomorrow, um, I've got a couple meetings, but he will spend, you know, we'll wake up in the morning, we'll have breakfast, and then we'll take the dog on a walk in the morning and kind of go through our routine. And then 
he'll go to his mom and I'll do my meetings and stuff like that. So it's like just kind of building everything up to make sure that he he stays well rounded, so to speak, you know. <laughs> yeah. Which is so difficult as a toddler because he doesn't know what well rounded means. Yeah. Number one, number two, he's going to lose his shit uh, at least once or twice a day and yep. just kind of roll with the punches. Yeah, it could so. be in the middle of a restaurant. It could be in the middle of something. <sighs> and that's, you know, you do. I was talking about this with a coworker of mine the other day of how you grow an appreciation. Kids in restaurants screaming never really like bothered, bothered me. But I know people, we all know somebody who just gets real upset and uptight about it. But now you have a better appreciation of like, Look, you know the parents don't want it happening as well. Like they don't want yeah, their kid yeah. to be in there screaming and shouting and crying. Do you really think like when they're at the restaurant they you know? So when people get all you know upset about, it, it's like, look, just trust me, it'll be okay. You know, we've all been in that moment or whatever. But that is a tough one. Being in a store, or they're not getting a toy they want, or you know they're throwing something, and you're like, holy moly! Like it's I don't know how. Our parents did it without screens because screens to me are <laughs> they are a cheat code for a certain amount of time of like you just said, like, oh hey, sit over here and watch, you know, watch this show while I show this house. Or like me, I'll be on a Zoom call myself working from home. Hey, just pop up this TV show real quick. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but it's a hell of a lot better than him, them just screaming their heads off in the corner. At least you may get thirty minutes out of a show, so whew. And, and I don't know, like, you know, we've I, as as everything's like starts to develop, right? Like we're supposed to like talk to our kids more, and we're supposed to be a little bit. I, I don't want to say that I don't want to be like my parents because my parents are fantastic, right? Yeah. But like you're supposed to evolve and become better parents than your parents, right? Yeah. So like I'm sitting there trying to have an adult conversation with a three year old, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, bud, you're having big emotions right now. Yeah. What, what what we need to take a deep breath. We need to chill out. And he sits there, he takes a deep breath, and he's like, all right, dad, I just need a snack. All right, cool. We need a snack. We're, we're not gonna we're not gonna lose our shit right here in the middle of the Mexican restaurant again. Okay? We good. We good? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. That's a it's a, it's a big one, but so yeah. but yeah. I mean, it, what else? I would say, what would be your ultimate goal then? If you think of your balance, your work life balance, when you get there, how will you know when you get there? Cool. I don't know, man. Like, I, I feel like I've always strived to, like, have that balance. So when I get there, when I get there, my wife's going to tell me. Because she tells me every time that something's right like that. Like, she's going to be like, hey, we're hitting it. You're good. You yeah. know, like, you want to make enough money where you can not work on Sundays, right? Or okay. you want to you wanna get to the point where you're building a team and somebody else can kind of take that that role. You know, um, right now my balance is making sure that I am succeeding from a new agent standpoint, but then also succeeding from a new father standpoint. And I say new father, he's three, but I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm learning every day. Right? Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and I feel like that's going to go until he's, I mean, until the I day he, I pass. Exactly. Away. I think like, that, yeah, you're I think constantly, you're constantly, yeah. Because they're, as you said earlier, they're getting bigger. Whether that be size or mind or whatever, I think constantly with with emotions and them learning and stuff like that, it really is a process that you take with you to the grave. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I think at the end of it, I just want to make sure that, you know, I have the time to coach baseball or, you know, we make sure that we go to church every Sunday. And that's one of his favorite things in the world. So, like, 
you know, quitting the bar for me was huge for that extra little bit of time that I would have. And I'm not at the bar three nights a week. So, you know, maybe those are the nights that we go on a late night walk, right? You know, especially with how hot it is right now, like we can't spend all day outside. That's okay. We push back his bedtime a little bit, but we play outside once that sun goes down a little bit or something along those lines. And um, I I feel like that will be, I don't know when that balance will hit. I just hope that I recognize it when it does and I don't continue to strive to succeed uh, either. I know how I am. I'm more alcoholic at times. So I just hope that it doesn't get to the point that I've already hit that balance. I, I could have hit that balance and I brought something else onto myself that would, you know, push me even further along uh, or further behind on finding that balance. Yeah, that's it. You don't want to. You don't want to look down and look up. And he's 16, and you're like, oh damn, I missed these sporting events. And I think that's a great, you know, mindset of, you know, I, I always try to say, you know, I work to live. I don't live to work because, like, you, we all end, we're all ended up in the same place. We all everybody gonna yeah. die, kind of thing. Get grim there, but I don't want to look back and be like, dang, you know. I always say, you never gonna look back like, watch, you know, I wish I would have went to this wedding, or I wish I wouldn't saw that friend, or I wish I would have done, you know, went to that person's birthday party, or hung out, or went to that game, or whatever, because it's always the stuff you look back on. I wish I would have done some of this stuff. So yeah, it's definitely a, a aspect you try to work on every day, especially with having kids trying to figure out that balance. Though they can drive you off the wall, like you said, when you're working or whatever, you just go, man. Like I, we were talking before before the pod started off the rip and about like we're both ready for you know Luke starts preschool back and I'm just ready to get him in there because I'm not as equipped as those preschool teachers that can at least distract not distract him but teach him things that like I said I'm just throwing him in front of the screen I feel bad about it but if I'm holding a three two month old and I'm and I'm on a Zoom call I can only do so much so at least in preschool he's doing arts and crafts he's trying other foods he's interacting with kids his age I think is important for everybody at a certain age you got to interact with people your age you know so with the, the the mental development and all that stuff. So, and just a little bit of peace in the house. A toddler outside for a couple four hours, I can get a lot more done running to the store with a three month old than I can. I did my first trip last week with both of them, and let me tell you, that was a chore. That was, I mean, it was hot outside, but every time I was like working up a sweat going through and just making sure, okay, I got everything. Everybody's got their pants. Everybody's got the the backup pants. And then we got into Harris Teeter, the last spot, and I realized the the bottle for the two month old had fallen out in my truck, and I'm like, this can get bad. Like if he if he decides that it's time for him to eat, this can get really bad of screaming because then it's gonna be him screaming the whole time as we check out, the whole time like speed going through the store. Luckily he held on until we got into the car, and then he screamed his head off as I'm driving back to our house, and there's nothing I can do when it's just me. So yeah. But you're—I was gonna say—but you're used to it at that point. You know, at that point, you're just like, "Hey, I'm—we're out of public." That's so true. Just go ahead. Dude. Yeah, the window. Yeah, the, yeah, the windows are up. There's nothing I can do. I know you're <laughs> hyperventilating back there, but I promise you, we're getting to the house, and I'll get you your milk as soon as we get to the house. So, <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, all right, a quick, a quick little uh, reverse here. We talked about we were gonna discuss Cam Newton. Cam Newton got cut today in a surprise move. Duvall. One of the only people I know who bought the Patriots Cam Newton in support. We are Cam fans here. Duvall, what did you yeah. take from that? How did you react? What are your thoughts? Uh, it, it I was taken back from it. Um, I can see how it happened. Um, 
at the same time, I know there's over the next couple of weeks, months, things will come out as to why other underlying reasons. I don't really necessarily know what will be right or wrong, but um, I just based off how he played in the preseason, he played well. Um, and even to my, in my opinion, if, if, if Mac Jones is the guy that they want to roll with, I mean, you could have easily just made Cam the second string or they felt like maybe Cam was too good to be second string that they just wanted to put him out there to see if he could get a real job. So we'll, we'll see, um, you know, he's obviously not hurting for any money because he's made plenty of money in his life. Um, you know, I kind of hate kind of the way his career has been since that hit in Pittsburgh. But, yeah. um, you know, I guess that's kind of just how it is. And, and, and I'm sure he'll bounce back and he'll find a way to some roster. Now, does that mean he'll be a starter this year? I don't know. He may have to compete for one next year. Uh, you know, I mean, it took – I mean, Jameis Winston had to sit behind Drew Brees for a year to actually reinvent himself. And we'll see how he does this year. And, you know, the same – I mean, Tannehill was – basically written off when he was out in Miami and now he's reinvented himself in, um, in Tennessee. So uh, we'll see. I'm still, a, I'm still a huge fan. You know, he's done so much for the city of Charlotte and for the Panthers that I can't do anything, but still appreciate him, yeah. you know, and you know, whatnot. So, so that's how I feel. Yeah. I, I, I think the first one that hurt him is not being vaccinated. I think yes, when I, he, absolutely. When, like when he, yeah. when he got last week, Obviously, he had to do that. Whatever their thing is, you have to take a test every day. He took a test off-site. It wasn't improved, approved by the NFL, so he had to miss days. And he let his backup slide in and get starter reps, important reps, yeah. when he was only on a one-year deal after they just spent a first-round pick, top 15 mm-hmm. overall on a guy. And we know in this day and age, besides Tom Brady, besides Peyton Manning when they're old as shit winning Super Bowls, teams win Super Bowls with their quarterbacks on rookie deals. And not saying the Patriots mm-hmm. are going to win one, but – if Mac Jones is just a little bit less than Cam Newton, if they're very similar to where they're at, why not start the young guy and see where the process is, right? And I think also right. the, the two that like Duvall brought up, Cam is just such a prominent locker room presence. Not that he would be a negative. I just think with how much sway he has, it would be tough mm-hmm. to see him as a two when he thought he was coming in as a one. Yeah, right. I, you know, I That's do true. hate – to see how it is. If, if, I don't think this is the end, but it will be. Someone's going to get hurt. Is he going to go there? Or does he just say, you know what, I want to go do my seven-on-seven seven and coach and focus on my nonprofits because now the to, thing to counter with you, Duvall, I mean, Tannehill was still like a young young 30, I think, late 20s. Yeah. Jameis is still only like 26. So, And a lot of them didn't have the wear and tear. Cam's got the wear and tear. I still think he can be efficient enough. I think he's better than Sam Darnold, but that's another conversation we can have <laughs> another time. Yeah. But you know, what do you what are your thoughts there, Sam? Uh, I agree. I agree. I think the vaccination thing hurt. Um, I I I was a huge Cam fan. Um, I was not a huge Cam fan from the point that he got drafted, but for him to like build up and. Um, I always had like that that leadership, that presence, and stuff like that that you look for in a quarterback. Um, I was just reading before we got on that Brian Hoyer just got cut as well. Yeah. So that leaves. Oh, wow. So that leaves just Mac as the quarterback. They don't even have a second or third string right now, which means that they've got to start making moves 
to fill that 50. Was the 53-man roster due today or tomorrow? It was today uh, at 4, yeah. They had to be at 53 by 4 p.m. today, and then I guess everyone puts their waivers in right after that, and then you can keep making moves after 4 p.m. today, starting tomorrow or something like that. Yeah. Okay. So, like, I mean, as a huge Panthers fan as well, like, you know, I really couldn't give two shits of what the Patriots yeah. do. You know, I, I love, I love Cam, yeah. but like, you know, you look at some of the moves that they're making, and you know, um, you know, Will Greer just got cut for us, which I kind of saw that one happening. Um, which I was, a, I, I take that back. I was a little surprised because I thought he was playing a little bit better than Tucker was yeah. during the preseason. Walker, but. Walker, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yes, PJ Tucker plays basketball. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I thought that he was playing a little bit better. Maybe he was getting more reps. But I think at the end of the day, you know, Rule was looking at it, saying, you know, Walker's going to be able to make more plays for us if the if he ends up having to get in, right? Here, so here, here was here was the Walker thing. As we all know, when you're look, looking for jobs, it's about who you know. Where did P.J. Walker come from? Temple. Who recruited him? Matt Rule when he was at Temple. So that is a situation of, like we talked about at the very beginning of the pod, about you get you graduate with college and you get into a field you don't even graduate with your degree in. P.J. <laughs> PJ Tucker just, because Matt Rule's the head coach well, of the Walker. Panthers. Now you Walker. Tucker. See, I got you. Walker, I got you See, I got to say Tucker. P.J. Walker, knowing, knowing Matt Rule, I think knowing where he was, and the, since Will, Will Greer was the old regime, that was one of the last players who were subpar from the old regime, from the Marty Herney, yeah. uh, Ron Rivera era. It was like, okay, we'll wash our hands of it. We, we'll keep the good guys, right? The Brian Burns, and we'll keep yeah. – Dennis Daly because our offensive line is shit, but yes. you know I, I think it just kind of came to it and they they'll roll with those two and I think if if Darnold isn't it this year, I keep saying they're going to put all their eggs in the Aaron Rodgers basket. I don't know what they're going to trade for him, but they're really building this team similar to the Bucks well, where Rogers. yeah they're building they're building the team like the Bucks did where all you got to do is plop a veteran quarterback in there. I mean. Look at the weapons they've got. They've got this this receiving core and all and offense is probably one of the best offenses and weapon wise we've had in a long time. Maybe 10, yeah. 12 years. I mean, Robbie, DJ, uh Terrace Marshall, I mean, all the way down to even the tight ends are somewhat suspect, but there's a it's a variety of them. And then McCaffrey's the the ultimate X Factor. So yeah, Dude, Chubba Hubbard proved a ton to me yeah. this this preseason. Like that kid, like I knew he was gonna be good. But like where we got, I was shocked with how well he played this yeah. preseason. Yeah, and only they only yeah. went three running backs too. So I think there still are a lot of different moves. Like I know Shy Smith made the roster, but he's got a messed up shoulder. So you have totally. to yeah. initially make the fifty three. They'll probably put him on IR, but you get like you can return in three weeks and stuff like that. So I think there still are a couple moves they're going to do on that aspect, and, and and they'll keep molding it around there. But so it's like it cut. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, G, you know that. Wait, Come on you, now. Did you just ask us if he got cut? I haven't seen the you roster. Didn't, you didn't know he got cut on Saturday morning. Okay. Crispy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I, da- I damn sure didn't know that. Yeah, G, we were talking about it Friday when he was missing all those kicks. I was like, yo, he's going to get cut. We were talking about it, but I didn't know it, yeah. it was a Friday morning at like 10 a.m., Crisp, they were – 
that, that night, they probably told him, your key card ain't going to work. Go ahead and clean out the locker. But we officially can't do it till tomorrow. Yes, he well, was. He probably already had cleared his shit out. He just yes. did, they just didn't officially tell him. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He. I mean, when yeah. they made that, when they made the trade, like you could tell, like that was the that was one. And then what they brought the kid in. What was it like Wednesday before the Thursday game? Yeah, dude. Like, did he even make? I don't think he even, he even made it to the Friday game. He, I don't even think he made it to the Friday game. Like, he legitimately stepped in, missed one. Field goal. I feel like during practice, like, well, that was fun. Thank you so oh, much. Oh yeah, for the, other, the other kicker they got from the other kicker they had from the Raiders before the trade, he was there for like literally maybe twenty hours, and then yeah, they, yeah. And I it, knew it was. And then they term. made the trade for the guy from New York, and he showed up. They had to get him like new cleats and everything. He literally like went straight to the stadium before kickoff and made all the kicks. Yeah. And as soon as Sly missed that one forty-seven yarder. And yeah. then they showed that at the end of the preseason game with J.J. Jansen with his arm around him, and they looked like they were praying. I was like, oh, it's a wrap. <laughs> like, that, it's, I mean, as soon as you see that as a kicker on the sideline, it's, you go ahead, like you said, Duval, go ahead, pick what jerseys you want out, get everybody to sign it, and get on out of there because they, yeah. they lock the doors behind you. So. Yeah, because you know, you, he knew he was going. He was just might as well just trying to. Trying to see if he can get a job somewhere. Yeah, he was just shook. I hadn't seen a kicker that shook in a long yeah. time. Like mentally, pressure, pressure burst. Pipes. It, it definitely, it completely <laughs> burst him. I mean, he. I, I hope yeah. he can recover, but it. He just to see his look on his face. He just. I hadn't seen that from a football player in like a long, long time of just completely yeah. rattled and shook and out of it. So. And Steve Smith didn't make it any better. No. Oh. listening to no, the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now it is our warehouse distillery. Jeeves, you, you on the ball or no? Oh, look at him. Go ahead and hit it, Jeeves. There we go. Warehouse distillery, wine of the bridge, notebook. Sal's going to pick a question from the notebook. Have you already picked one out or are you looking now? So I've, I've got a couple. There's red checks and black checks. So, so you which pick, one can I use? Pick one that hasn't been checked. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, there are not too many that you sent me. There oh, be. oh, there we go. There's a bunch. Bro, yeah. you sent me a ton. Because yeah. I was like, dude, best hangover. I felt like that was going to be a solid one that, <laughs> you know, I looked at. And I already had that one. Uh, and as Panthers fans, you'll probably remember that Thursday night game where we got our ass kicked uh, by Pittsburgh. Um, <laughs> I was Ooh. actually at an NC State. Um, State playing. We had box seats, got hammered, and then went downtown because we couldn't get signal on the Panthers game. And then we went down. State ended up losing by a touchdown. Panthers ended up losing by like 35. And Caitlin <laughs> said, my wife said that she's never seen me that drunk uh, in the eight years that we've been together. So, <laughs> I mean. But, yeah. All right, so while you're looking through those, we'll do a little uh, housekeeping. If you haven't joined our Pick'em League yet, Yahoo, NFL Pick'em, free to join. The ID is 1811, password is beers with a capital B. So join that. Duvall, you join yet? No, I have not. All right. But I will. Nah. It'll, be, it'll be Wednesday night of next week he'll join to pick pick his team. Right. Him and Chiefs join in the last minute. Yep. Absolutely. I, I think we're at like 30-something people now, so get in there. A battle of attrition, can you make it all the way to the Super Bowl is really the biggest thing there and pick. And then, of course, Survivor starts September 22nd. Survivor Fantasy, if you want to join in on that, just let me know. I'll send you the rules. They just released all the casts, so I'll be getting out. I'll be sending emails out so you can submit your rosters here shortly. And, yeah, that's about uh, all I got on that end. 
You found you one yet, Sal? All right, man. I'm a huge Panthers fan, so I'm going to screw with you guys. Uh-oh. Would you rather pull for the Falcons or Saints as a Panthers fan? This is this is easy. This is easy because the Saints have already won a Super Bowl, so I'd go for the Saints over the Falcons. I was rooting hard for the Falcons to lose, and then they looked like they were going to win, and the Panthers were going to be the only team in the NFC South without a Super Bowl. Then the Falcons lost after they had a 28-3 to lead, and that was really, really – I wish we were doing our reaction videos when that happened. Right. Because we, had some, <laughs> we had some gold going on. You know, those pre, pre-baby uh, Super Bowl parties – we used to, I mean, they used to get real rowdy over here, and that one was, that one was real rowdy because. Oh, that one too, yeah. Yeah. So, I'll, I'll say Saints all day. Though I hate cheering for either of them, but I will, I'll, I'll say the Saints. Yeah, I'm with you. I'll say Saints too. I have an extreme hatred for the Falcons. Just growing up as a kid, I remember going to every game, Panthers Falcons game, going down to Atlanta, and for some reason, could, we could never win. In Atlanta for like ten years straight, yeah. I used to be pissed hearing Jamal Anderson's name all the fucking time because we couldn't stop a running nose. Yeah, and Chris Chandler, <laughs> and yeah, it was bad. So yeah, I'll pull for the Saints. Yeah, I'm I'm right along with them too. I'm pulling for the Saints. I mean, I like the I like some of the players from the Falcons, but I don't want to I don't want to be the only team in the NFC not NFC South not to have a Super Bowl. And Duvall, those years when they hit, they had Vic. And he would beat us oh in the last God. second. Oh, that was that. Was that a Sunday night game or maybe a Monday? When the, yeah, where he dove and Dan Morgan like barely touched his foot, but his knee was still up and he scored in the last second. Um, or the one where we went into OT and I think it was a strip sack fumble or Jake Lump threw a pick yep. and they returned it to the two yard line in the OT and. Man, that yeah. rough. man, listen, man, them, them, them were some rough days yeah. in Atlanta at old Georgia, though, man. Yep. And those fans ain't worth shit. <laughs> so, so, I was a kid, and I knew. I was like, I don't like these people up here. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I'm a huge Braves fan. So, like, I kind of want to say Falcons. I also can't stand the fact that Jameis Winston is now the starter for the Saints. Like, <laughs> the last thing I want to happen is to watch the dude that had just as many picks as, what, completed passes I felt like last year no, um, touchdowns he went like 2020 he went like 20 TDs and 20 picks for the Bucks his last year yeah, yeah. Man, but like I the last thing I want to see is him win another him win one before the Panthers have the opportunity to so like that kind of pushes me but I think I, I think I'm with you guys like there, there were too many years that I just hated the Falcons yeah <laughs> uh, Michael Vick was a lot of fun to watch, but yeah. I hated him from the point of being an NC State fan and him kicking my ass when you know he was at Virginia Tech, and then going to Atlanta and kicking our ass at, uh, as a as a Falcon. So yeah, I, I feel like I'm with you guys on that. Uh, I, I will I will definitely pull for the Saints over the Falcons. Yeah, it was it was tough too because like. When then Vic decided to go fight dogs or whatever it was, so like okay, we'll get yeah. a breather, and they stunk. But then they actually hit the pick with Matt Ryan, and Matt Ryan's—he yeah. is a roller coaster. But I mean, he does have a, a MVP, took him to a Super Bowl or whatever. But man, it—you know—it was tough. They—they've had some sustained success, and it was like, good lord. And I mean, Drew Brees had his own little issues too, and but I would rather just because the Saints already won one. But you know, it seems like they're paying for their bounty gate. They've kind of been. You know that flag against the Rams when it didn't—they didn't call that pass interference that would have gave them, got them to the, 
Was that a Super Bowl or an NFC Championship game? I think the Super Bowl, wasn't uh, it? What was the one with the Diggs? Oh, yeah, that was the Vikings joint. Yeah, that was that would have taken them to the NFC Championship game. Yeah, that last second throw up by Case Keenum. I know yeah. that was so they've had their they've had their payback on that one. I mean, it's been all around crushing. And then of course the fucking Bucks, I mean, have were terrible for so long and they just dropped fucking Tom Brady in there and win a fucking Super Bowl because he's made a deal with the fucking devil, so you know, whatever. Well, you, you gotta look at who, kind of like what we were just talking about, the depth that they have around them. Like, you know, they've got some old receivers, some new receivers, some old tight ends, some new tight ends, and stuff like that. So I'm kind of hoping that, like, basically what you were just, what you were saying about our offense, like, I kind of hope that it kind of plays out that same way, you know? We don't have any, like, old receivers. You know, Roddy's a vet, but he's not old by yeah. any means. And, you know, if they can have the guidance from the tight end, the receiver, obviously running back, and then, you know, I... I'm really hoping that Darnold, you know, plays out this year. Yeah. I think having the right coaching and everything along those lines, having CMC behind him where he has that opportunity to dump out if he needs to. Um, obviously, all you got to do is hand the ball to him 20 times and, you know, he's going to he's gonna take off for at least three of them. So I'm really hopeful that Darnold's going to gonna take off, maybe not this year, but hopefully next year. Yes. Yeah, see, my thing, my thing with Darnold is, it's just I just don't. And, and I was sitting back there and I was watching the game, and Steve Smith was basically taking the words out of my mouth. I was like, he can, he doesn't feel comfortable back there. He and I was just, and I was uh, just like, I don't know if it's because he's got that PTSD from the Jets. He does. And he just, <laughs> that play, that play, he's that, just clenching all the time. That play, just, that, like, <laughs> that play where he got lucky and he threw it, but it like bounced off the dude's helmet. And it was incomplete. But he was getting sacked or whatever. I was like, that's that panic play that he just got to eat it. Either take the sack or throw it away way before the play happens. I am with you on that. But, I, you know, we can get into it. We'll dive more into it on next week's pod where we'll break down our, our preseason NFL preview. But, yeah, I'm with you, Duvall. It's going to be interesting to see that interior offensive line didn't look good. The whole – I mean, it, it, it's going to be wild. But if they can get the ball out quick, I will say – hit. The passes coming out of his arm are a lot faster than what we saw out of Teddy B. So I at least oh, like yes. that. His arm is live. He will let it fly, and I'm cool with that. <laughs> Teddy yep. B, was it, it seems so methodical and slow and stuff. But, yeah, so, yeah, we'll break down more diving that next week. We'll have Lurz and Caleb on and Jeeve Duvall and all that good stuff. So, But, all right, we'll uh, end it. Sal, any final thoughts, final words? And thank you guys so much for having me on. This was a great time to catch up. Nice to meet you, too. As well, like uh, it's been a pleasure. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I I hope that uh, you know I listen to you guys, uh, uh, you know every week or I try my best every <laughs> week. I don't travel as much as I used to, but uh, I will uh, continue to listen. Hopefully, I can hop back on some other time soon. Yeah, man, absolutely. And yeah, we're gonna be up. Uh, I don't know if you remember Paul Gorman. He's getting married up in Fuquay Verena uh, the end of October. So I have to holler at you. Maybe we can link up, grab a beer, or something. Please like do. That as I would well, love so. that. Yeah, man. All right, well, Jeeves Duvall, any uh, final words, final thoughts? Duvall, you going back to work after Labor Day? Back in the Uh, office? I have have not received that verbiage (laughs) to go back into the office, so I am still here at home. Uh, Jeeves, do you see his beard and hair still not trimmed up and cut, right? So he ain't going back to the office. Uh, Hey, I don't know. I'm just asking. Well, well, I'll say, man, you know – Jacob, I'll probably see you at some point over the weekend. But, you know, congratulations on seeing 32. 
Well, you'll see it in a few days. Hey, don't be throwing no um, bad voodoo out there like that. We still got to get there first. We got to get there first now, man. <laughs> my bad, my bad, my bad. Well, you know, I'm sure I'll catch you later on this week then to celebrate your 30-second birthday. Yeah, we got well, – don't worry. We'll have the brown over here. We'll throw some wings on the grill, smoke some wings, all that good stuff. We do have to figure out, are you bringing pizza this year or are you going back and bringing wings for Sunday? Okay, so – I can tell you right now. Okay. It probably be pizza just because the wing score is still not up to par. Okay. So because of that, I'm not about to put us in that position. No. <laughs> you don't want no, us all no. locked down on the only three bathrooms we got in this house for you. No, no. <laughs> Missing the second half because Jesus is downstairs. Yeah. I'm upstairs. Somebody in the half bath. Jeeves actually would just go out in the backyard, throw up everywhere, so you know. So there you go. <laughs> it'll still, it'll still be pizza. Okay. Fair enough. We, I was talking with Jerry, and we we're like, all right, we gotta hit it, start hitting everybody up, figure out what they're gonna eat, you know, bring or whatever. Jeeves usually does a Taco Bell. I was like, well, is Duvall gonna go back to the wings? We do the pizza. Everybody loves the pizza. I mean, it was gone every week, so you can't yeah, go wrong with it. There it is. But yeah, there for not is. not wanting to get everybody to squirt, so I appreciate that, Duvall. Mm-hmm. I got, I got to think, I think about your stuff, your health. That's right. That's right. It was tough. Yeah, so, <laughs> so Sal, for that behind, there's the East Coast Wings evolved for the past, since the Super Bowl season, would always get East Coast Wings, bring them over. Then last year, right before the season started, it came out like lowest health rating scores in the Charlotte area, and it was up there. Like, they were at like a 82. And I was yeah, like, was and it was like, it was like early August. I was like, Duvall, I don't know if we can do it this year, man. Like, this... <laughs> it, it, it was just like the dude was – somebody was like listening with their AirPods in but then like touching their ears and then touching the ranch and touching – and it was just like, oh. So, and it was still during the pandemic. And it's COVID. Yeah, and it was COVID, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Sounds good. Well, I appreciate it, Sal. appreciate it, Jeeves. Appreciate it, Duvall. Always. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks, man. So, uh, Jeeves, man, how do we send it out? Peace.